Hey, Fidelity, can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. It's Thursday, July 23rd. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, where we are reminding all of our listeners who are politicians not to swear at AOC. Yeah, trust me, it is never going to end well for you. Keep your damn foul language to yourself. Or catch some hands. <laughs> On today's show, a look inside the NBA bubble, then some headlines. Button news. Yesterday, the world passed 15 million coronavirus cases. Uh, the United States accounts for more than a quarter of that total. And as Congress tries to work out their next response bill, hospitalizations are near the peak we saw back in April, and infections are still rising in most states. Florida logged another day of almost 10,000 new cases yesterday, and California has now surpassed New York as the state with the most total cases in the country. It is very real and still happening. And in the midst of this, in our new strange reality, is the return of sports. Today is baseball's opening day, and it is hmm. going to be weird, to say the least. So the World Series champs, the Nationals, will host the Yankees with none other than Dr. Anthony Fauci throwing out the first pitch. But there are storms in the forecast, so who knows there. And if the game happens, it and the rest of the shortened MLB season are going to be bizarre, complete with fake crowd noise, players wearing face masks at times, and no fans, to name a few small changes. They'll play a 60-game season instead of 162, and players will be tested every couple days, but will still be traveling around from stadium to stadium. For one team, the Toronto Blue Jays, there's still no clear answer on where they will even play, as Canada has barred the team from playing there. And several players across the league have said they are opting out due to safety concerns. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense because in the preseason, or whatever you would call this, uh, <laughs> lots of MLB players have gotten sick. Yeah. But then you have the NBA, right? Which, unlike Major League Baseball, is sequestering its players in a bubble at Disney World in Florida, along with coaches, staff, and other employees. Games start next week with just 22 qualifying teams finishing off the season that was abruptly put on hold in March after players tested positive for COVID. The fans here in the arena don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. And so as soon as we get any kind of information, we will certainly pass it along. Ready the for game the playoffs. tonight has been postponed. You are all safe. And take your time in leaving the arena tonight and do so in an orderly fashion. Thank you for coming out tonight. Okay, so um, oh. the like screams from the banshees in the background of him announcing this absolutely haunt my nightmares since that day way back in March. Yeah, honestly, traumatic to even hear it now. I, I hate it so much. <laughs> so insane. Well, anyways, the bubble is a giant expensive experiment and who knows what's actually going to happen. But to get a sense of what it's been like so far as players get going with preseason practice and scrimmages, we talked to Tanya Ganguly, the Lakers beat reporter for the Los Angeles Times. She's one of just a handful of journalists already inside the bubble. We started off by asking her about the safety measures there. 
Um, so my testing happens every day. Uh, when I was, when I was quarantined, somebody would come to my door. There would actually be three people coming to my door and those three people would, um, one of them was responsible for sort of taking down my information. The other one would swab the back of my throat and each of my nostrils. Um, and then once I got out of quarantine, I was, I'm kind of on my own to do that. I actually need to go do that. Thanks for reminding me. Um, today, um, I just you just go to the facility um, once a day and have it done, and that's that. Um, they were telling me that a lot of people forget if they've done it that day. Like they'll have people coming in saying, "Like, uh, can you check to see if I've done it today yet?" Um, because it's it's just the days just all kind of blend together here. Yeah, I, I guess that's like the one commonality of everyone in quarantine everywhere that they just don't know what day it actually is anymore. Um, but so you're, you're getting at something that we're sort of talking about before, uh, that outside the bubble, Florida's experiencing this major outbreak and there are still issues with testing for, you know, general populations. And you also have this like political fight that's going on about whether and how to open schools yet in the bubble, there's this highly sophisticated system that we're talking about, um, with all these precautions and everything, how conscious so far have the players been of that kind of dichotomy and how do they feel about living in this sort of alternate bubble reality? Um, I think they're trying to sort of keep, they're trying to keep a perspective on it. Um, you know, they're, uh, it's, it is a very weird reality for them right now. Um, they're they're trying to stay connected to the outside world. I mean, a lot of these guys were able to really participate in the outside world for the last four months. Um, you had guys going to protests. You had guys um, really being involved in sort of the social movement that's been happening. Um, and now they can't. Uh, they can in some ways, but now they're only around other NBA players or not with their families anymore. Um, this sort of like normalcy that everybody else has where you get to stay you're you're at home with your family for a lot of the time um they had never they hadn't had it most of them hadn't had it in years um so you know i think that it's it is a weird thing i mean lebron a couple of days ago i think what he said was people keep asking me what the bubble's like and it's i just say it's 2020 you know nothing's <laughs> normal in 2020 and i think that that really resonated with people and, and you were mentioning sort of the involvement in everything that's been going on over the last couple of months. And we've seen a number of players in recent uh, press scrums talking about Breonna Taylor and some saying, you know, I only want to talk about that. That was the example of, you know, Tobias Harris. Do you think that overall the players are kind of more plugged into this now than they ever have been before? I actually, you know, more and more players have been doing that. Um, I actually asked Paul George about that today because it seems like a more con- it seems like a concerted effort and there's two ways that that kind of thing can happen sometimes it's players sort of seeing other players do it and thinking oh that's a good idea i should do it too or sometimes it's that they've talked about it and they've said let's all try to do this whenever we can um and i think it's a little bit of both here you know paul george was saying that they're they're always together they're in the same hotels they're running into each other so that kind of conversation happens pretty easily here um and you know i the lakers uh guard alex caruso today was saying the same thing you know he was he he answered a few questions about his sister's wedding which he wasn't able to go to because because of this um but then he said every question that's not about my sister's wedding i just i'm just going to try to focus on brianna taylor for this um and so you know, I think it's it's something that play, it's really important to players that they're able to sort of keep the conversation alive. Right. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think a lot of people are just kind of skeptical about how this can even work. <laughs> like Gideon said, Florida is having one of the worst outbreaks in the country. So do you think that the bubble is going to work? And, you know, if so, like if there are games, right, if there are real games that happen to a championship completion, what do you think it's going to be like? Like, what's the mood? Yeah, I think that it's um, I think that it is it's. It is a weird thing. It is a weird place to be. I mean, you know, you definitely notice that um, that there's a lot of there are a lot of things that aren't a problem in here that are a problem probably 10 miles away, maybe even less than that. Um, and, and all over the country. I mean, somebody the other day was talking to me about the PPE that the people who are working here have. And it's better than probably a lot of people who are working in hospitals um, around the country. Um, you know, I think because of the um, because of all the precautions that they've taken that they're able to take, because frankly, they have a lot of money to be able to try to create this very safe space. Um, because of a lot of those precautions, I think they have a pretty good shot of this actually working. Now, when it's going to be a little, the question that I have is what it's going to look like when players' families come. Um, mm -hmm. there's, mm -hmm. I don't think there's a full plan in place yet for that. Um, they have, they have, I think the plan is once the crowd starts thinning a little bit, once some teams get eliminated, then they'll start to bring in, allow people to bring in some family members. But that's going to be a group of people that there's a lot less control to. Um, NBA right. players have been tested in their home markets. They've been, they've been under a lot of surveillance um, leading up to this. Um, they can't ask the same things of everybody's family and everybody's guests. You know, even with reporters, all they could say was, we'd just ask you to self-quarantine for seven days before you come. Of course, when we got here, we were stuck inside a hotel room for seven days without seeing anyone. But I don't know if you're going to be able to say to an NBA player, okay, now your wife can come who you haven't seen in two months, but you can't, you're not allowed to see her at all. She's going to be right. on campus, right. but she's going to be locked in a room. So, you know, it's, it's, I think that's the point when, um, that's the point when we'll see, we'll start to see, if there's if this will work and i think that's really the danger zone for the for the nba is figuring out how to do that successfully and yeah. and shifting back to the kind of main question that the players at least might be thinking about right now which is an eventual championship um the lakers were at the top of the west when the season went on pause they're certainly title contenders i think you've seen some practice of there so far do they seem rusty at all and like are injuries a, a concern and the one other thing I wondered if you had heard about is this rumor that LeBron has some sort of like special space going on. And is that the same as the presidential suites? I have a lot of questions about a lot of stuff I'm seeing on social media about that. I don't know if LeBron has a presidential suite, but that wouldn't surprise me. Um, because I think Damian Lillard does have a presidential suite and he's in a different hotel. Um, but I think, I, I also think that he is the biggest star in that hotel. Um, I don't want anyone to get mad at me if, if I'm missing <laughs> someone, some, a team that's in their hotel, but, um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if LeBron had that treatment. Um, but yeah, I don't, what was the rest of your question? <laughs> I guess, I guess like, how are they looking? Like, yeah. do they seem, is there any like rust there at all? Oh, actual basketball. Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't 
We so we don't get to see that much of what they're doing. We get to see mm. a little bit of um, it's a kind of a misnomer in the NBA when they say you get to see practice because we get to see about fifteen minutes, and often it's like the beginning or the end. You'll see like a scrimmage, or you'll see or not, and not all of a scrimmage. You'll see a little part of a scrimmage, or you'll see stretching. You'll see guys shooting. Um, his shot looks pretty good right now, but. Uh, I think today in the scrimmage we saw, uh, you know, we when we when I saw the uh, Clippers and the Magic, I think those teams you could tell that it was that they weren't quite in basketball shape yet. Um, players always love to talk about how there's it's impossible to be in basketball shape unless you're playing basketball. So there's definitely going to be an adjustment period for everyone. Yeah, uh, I'm very interested in this adjustment period. My bet <laughs> is that it's going to look like middle schoolers who are kind of bunching up and just carrying the ball <laughs> down the court. But that was Tanya Ganguly, NBA reporter for the LA Times. You can follow her reporting on Twitter at Tanya Ganguly and at latimes.com. Thursday Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we're talking about a weird concert series in Germany. So scientists at a German university want to figure out whether it's possible to hold indoor concerts safely. I feel like it's not, but okay. But they are putting together three test concerts with 4,000 people plus a German pop star where they'll be tracking a bunch of variables to see if coronavirus could spread in different conditions. The scientists organizing the concert said the risk of getting COVID-19 there is very low. So giddy concerts. All right. We all miss them. What's your favorite you've ever been to? Before I answer that question, I need to know more about this uh, experiment yeah. that is going on. I'm a little bit concerned, but I guess the results could be promising if you know they can figure out that Germans can go to concerts even while we can't. But to answer your question, um, it feels very like trite and weird, especially given the trajectory of who they've become more recently. But I saw the Yeezus show in Chicago, and Kendrick opened up. And it was like this big, uh, like sort of homecoming type of vibe for Kanye. Uh, and I was young and dumb and in college. And that was probably like the most fun I've ever had. We ended up being like in the front row because we waited in like very cold Chicago weather and paid like what seemed like a scammy Ticketmaster type thing of like 50 extra bucks to have a half hour early entry. Um, but it was it was very much worth it. Wow. I mean, yeah. Uh, so I on the Germany tip, I definitely think this is just like the plot of a Black Mirror episode and they're <laughs> they're having to explain the production. They're like, um, so the reason why all these kids are here <laughs> for this concert, uh, which is terrible. But, you know, I hope that I'm right. I hope that it's actually all just for television. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Jesus is a, it's, it's not a bad. This was in like, I would say, so, sort of peak Kanye. Like this was mm -hmm. the top of his lore. Uh, he performed in a mask that whole time, which was very cool. I saw him in Brooklyn for that same show, and the tickets were really cheap because, like, the I think that 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 um that tour was supposed to be cut off because there was some like truck that wrecked with some of the stuff from the stage on it or oh, whatever, yeah. and then. He like came back like, actually, we're gonna do it, but it was like a day before, so the tickets were like forty bucks. It was great. Wow, yeah, 
Titans. I, I will not be saying how much I spent in college <laughs> money, which is worth a lot more uh, yeah. than that, but I did. Mm-hmm. So would you qualify that as your peak concert peak concert no. memory? Okay. <laughs> I what mean, like, it? look, I loved it. It was definitely interesting. You could see the Kardashians. You could see, like, Anna Wintour for, like, five minutes, and then she bounced, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think that Anna's, like, gonna be here rapping along to, like, right. Black Skinhead. Like, I think <laughs> she's on her way out. I hope she um, would, honestly. Yeah, I think that my favorite concert um, ever has to be Elton John. I've seen him twice, but I saw him back in 2005. It was like one of the first big concerts I think I went to. And he doesn't take a break. Like they had an intermission where the rest of the band and the choir that was there took like a half an hour and he just played through the hits. And like, we didn't have a chance to sit down. Like we were tired. We were like, can can we like get a break for a minute? Like, geez, it's just hits on hits on hits. He's amazing. And so I, and I saw him again last year and it was like, great. Like I just, I can't say enough good things. I'm glad that I got to see a real legend before the end of the legend. And so, you know, coronavirus is making it feel like there's probably not going to be real concerts besides this Germany one. So I can always, you know, look back at my younger days. I know. Yeah, that's incredible and incredibly sad. But Elton is is the king. So that's an awesome story to have. Yeah, man. I loved it. And just like that, we have checked our temps. Stay safe. Maybe don't go to a concert here. (laughs) Um, And, you know, we'll check in with you all again tomorrow. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. 
Alta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. The government reached a nearly $2 billion deal with pharmaceutical giant Pfizer to produce 100 million doses of a vaccine for COVID-19. The agreement also allows the U.S. to get an additional 500 million doses of the vaccine, which is called BNT162. The vaccine still needs to go through a phase three trial, which could start later this month and be approved by the FDA before it actually gets distributed. Once those two things happen, though, the Department of Health and Human Services said nationwide delivery could begin in the fourth quarter of 2020. The head of the HHS said that any COVID-19 vaccine sponsored by the government would be free or affordable hmm, for all Americans. For the doses not being bought by the government, it's up to pharmaceutical companies to decide. And on Tuesday, some executives from major pharmaceutical companies said they would not commit to providing vaccines at no profit. Those bastards. This deal is the largest investment yet by the administration in a vaccine for COVID. Trump announced yesterday that he'll be sending more federal officers to combat crime in Chicago and Albuquerque. He claimed local officials weren't doing enough to fight crime and that Democratic cities were getting out of control. This comes after mayors of 15 major cities signed a letter asking the government to stop deploying federal officers. The mayors of Los Angeles, Seattle, D.C., and others called Trump's deployment of federal forces, quote, tactics we expect from an authoritarian regime. The same group of mayors are also calling for an investigation into the forces he sent to Portland to quell protesters. Albuquerque's mayor and police chief also pushed back against Trump's most recent order. Critics have said that the deployment of federal agents only heightens tensions in the streets, just like we've been seeing in Portland. I believe that we are half past Handmaid's Tale. Seems like it. In dystopian content news on that note, everyone's favorite streamer, the U.S. Army, is stepping away from its Twitch channel. The U.S. Army esports team functions as a recruiting tool, streaming games like Call of Duty in an attempt to reach young gamers who might want to enlist. But this practice has generated controversy over the past few weeks after people started getting banned from the Army's channel for referencing war crimes. (laughs) The ACLU and the Knight First Amendment Institute at Columbia University say that's a free speech violation. It's one thing to get banned from the chat by Ninja, and it's another thing entirely to get banned by the government. (laughs) Representative and Gen Z advocate Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez filed a draft amendment yesterday to the House Appropriations Bill, which would prohibit the military from using funds from the bill on live streaming. She said, quote, it's incredibly irresponsible for the Army and the Navy to be recruiting impressionable young people and children via live streaming platforms. War is not a game. Yeah. Cannibal Democrats who eat kids and live in sewers are breathing a sigh of relief today, as Twitter has banned 7,000 accounts associated with QAnon from its website. As many of us know, QAnon is a conspiracy theory which says, among other things, that a secret shadow organization wants to take down Trump and his supporters. QAnon supporters have carried out coordinated online harassment and actual physical violence, which is what led Twitter to take this action. With Twitter, it's 9,000 strikes and you're out. Uh, (laughs) Twitter will also block QAnon from trending tabs and hide as many as 150,000 QAnon supporters from search. Expect more conspiracy theories just about that. This comes at a time when Q is inching closer to the mainstream, with around a dozen Q-friendly candidates running for office nationwide and a few expected to win. Guys, if you're interested in busting up secret societies, the job you want isn't state senator. It's professor from the Da Vinci Code. (laughs) Facebook says it will follow Twitter's lead and take similar steps against QAnon. Mm, Dan Brown wishes he could write this. (laughs) And those are the headlines. 
That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe. Check out our pacifist Twitch channel and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just thrillers by Dan Brown like me, <laughs> One a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and keep, keep the, the NBA, NBA bubble, bubble content coming. coming. I want to see more Mickey-shaped pancakes. Where are they? Where are they? What a Day is a Crooked Media production. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun is our assistant producer. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our senior producer is Katie Long. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring. Full throttle is half the fun. Where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.